Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth. The heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment. They will be changed. But you, you remain the same. And your years will never end. Your years will never end. What a powerful and mighty God we serve. A powerful and mighty God we serve. And so today I want to preach to you for a few minutes on this subject. I don't know how, but I know who. I don't know how, but I know who. God bless you. You may be seated. So good to see our visitors in the house of God today. Amen. Good to have Pastor Lovins and his family and friends and all of our Our guests that have come here today, thank you so much for coming. We want to be a blessing to you. You have been in the presence of the King this morning. Amen. And before I I preach to you today, I would like to echo what Pastor Michael Kiley said. The Pledge of Allegiance, for those of you, you might not know something. I'm going to give you a little bit of history here. The original Pledge of Allegiance to the flag did not have under God in it. One nation, indivisible. But then they said, hey, we've left God out. Where are we gonna put him? We can only be one nation under God, indivisible. So that's where they put under God. We are under God. The President of the United States is under God, the vice president, the house, the senators, the congressmen, the people. Though they are one nation, they are under God. And if we remain under God, we will be indivisible with liberty and with justice for all. Amen. So here we go, folks. And Brother Matson said it today, I am cautiously optimistic. Now today I want to preach to you about, there's a lot I don't know. And the older I get, the realize there's more that I don't know than I do. And if you're honest with yourself, there's a lot you don't know. How, How does electricity work? Isn't it nice to have lights in here? Can anybody give me a a layman's term of how electricity works? But because I don't understand how it works, should I not use it? Should we not turn, I don't understand how it works, so therefore it can't work. Guess what? I don't understand and it still works. Isn't this awesome? And there's a lot that you don't understand about God, but he still works. 
And he never made it a, this is good news for all of us. He never made it a requirement that we understand how and why he does things. He just expects us to trust him, believe him, and obey him. That's what he wants. Therefore, nobody in this room is disqualified because you don't have a college degree. You're not smart enough. You're not a person in position of authority. Nobody is disqualified from faith in Jesus Christ. Everybody has the same opportunity to believe, to trust, and to obey. Nobody gets left behind or disqualified. Now, God came into this world and created everything by his word. 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and for instruction in righteousness. And here's why. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So all scripture, not just your favorites, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now let's go to the very beginning. Let's go back to Genesis, which means beginning. Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Now watch how powerful I am. I would like all the lights to go off now. Not working, is it? But God, when he speaks, oh, that's that's different. Because you see, if you create something, it is subject to you. It has to obey you. God said, let there be light, and instantly there was light. That's why he can be out on a ship in the middle of a sea, and there can be a storm, and he can stand on the bow of the boat and speak to the wind and the storm and say, peace be still, and it has to obey. Why? Because he created it. And it knows that it has to be subject to him. So everything in nature is subject to God because he created it. And he created it by merely speaking it into existence and expecting it to obey any time he gave it a command. Can I get an amen? Amen. So all of nature is subject to God speaking at any time. God can speak to a storm and say, I don't want it to come over, Oconomowoc. Push it that way. Or just eliminate it altogether. That's, that's what's so confusing to the weathermen. Just drives them wild. This is the pattern. This is the wind. This is where it's going to go. This is, this is when it's going to happen. And God chuckles. Global warming. Guy gets a Nobel Peace Prize for global warming. We ain't got global warming. And God's going, (laughs) 
It's almost like he defies them to prognosticate so that he can do the exact opposite and prove them wrong again. Some of you are afraid about the winter. Winter ain't even here yet. The rapture could take place before the winter. What would that? It wouldn't matter, would it? Guess, here's, my pre- here's what I predict. It's going to be cold and we're going to get snow. How bad and how much, I don't have a clue, and I'm going to have to live in it anyhow. But it's different with God, because with God, all he has to do is speak. In verse 3, it begins with, and God said. Now, here's the pattern. 3, 6, 9, 11, 14, 20, 24, and 26 all talk about creation by saying, and God said. So we can obviously see the power of God's word is is creative. In the end, it will be destructive. But in the beginning, it is creative. Now, if you take and compare Genesis chapter 1 with John chapter 1, which we're going to do for a moment here, you'll see a direct comparison between creation and God said with the explanation of God's word brought everything into existence. John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning, that's how Genesis began, right? So John says, let me help you understand what's happened. In the beginning was the Word. Notice that's a capital W, meaning God's Word, not our Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Because you see, at the time that God spoke, that's all he had. We didn't have a visible expression, but we had a voice. The same was in the beginning with God. We're speaking about the word here. All things were made by him, not them. Somebody said amen. We only have one creator. God doesn't have any little helpers. There is no committee in creation. Somebody say amen. Amen. By him, without him was not anything made that was made. And referring to the him again, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now drop to 10. He, notice it's he and him all the time. He was in the world. The world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man. There's only one way to be born again. But of God, he said. Not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but to be born of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth. The word 
is the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is not in Washington, D.C. The Supreme Court is on the throne. It is a he. It is a him. And he is full of grace. Aren't you glad for grace? And he's full of truth. Aren't you glad for truth? You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Folks, we better love the truth. We better buy the truth and sell it not. The truth will not pass away because the truth is God's word. You can't separate God's word from truth. They are one in the same. So if you say that you love the truth, you love the word of God. Amen? And the better you know the word of God, the better you know God himself. Because heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Can we say that about anything else that God has created? We can't. Everything on heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. John chapter 3, being born of God, Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, speaking to Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born of God when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now that which, is born is, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That's all it is. But that which is born of the Spirit, now that's Spirit. That's the Spirit you want. So God's plan is for us, by his word, to be born a second time and to be born of him. This is what ushers us into the kingdom of God, not just the earth. Up to this point, we've been talking about the earth, but there is a direct parallel between spiritual and physical. And I'm gonna show you that this morning. There's a direct parallel between physical and spiritual creation, rebirth, new life. Watch. When we talk about the new birth in Genesis 1 and 26, this is what it says. Let us make man in our image. Here's my question. What image did God have when he said that? Where is his image? We haven't seen an image to this point. We've only heard a voice, a creative voice voice. This is what I believe. I believe that God sees the end from the beginning. He didn't create a man and then come up with a plan of salvation for man after mankind sinned. He had this plan from the very ending toward the beginning. He planned on taking on a human form and coming to earth to redeem his creation. That was part of his plan. And based upon that image of what he would wear, 
because God is only a spirit. He's not flesh and blood. He said, but I'm going to wear flesh. And he creates through that flesh. He reveals his name through that person. His express image, his personification, his physical image. Let us make man in our image. And that isn't all it says. And after our likeness, we can be created in the image of God physically, doesn't mean we're created in the image of God spiritually. God has got to change us from the inside out. There can't be any fruit of the spirit if there's not any spirit in us. And that which is flesh is only flesh. Are you getting the connection here? Are you seeing the parallels? God wants us to be like him. Not just like him, but to be like him. I hope I'm getting this. This is so important that you get this. That that God has this divine plan for you and for your life. I want you to be born again, a second time. And this time, I want you to be born of the water and of the spirit. And if you're not, you can't enter into the kingdom of God. It is a requirement. It is mandatory. It is not optional. It is not multiple choice. It is only true or false. It is only flesh, man, or God. That's all there is. Let me back up here. I'll I'll make this a little lighter for you now. This is where this message really began. I was up in Crandon, and I went for a walk one day, and my my prayer time, and I, I walked by this tree, and the Lord said, stop. Look at this tree. And it happened to be a, a beautiful oak tree. And he said, what do you see? Tell me what you see. This is going on in my mind. We have these conversations. God wants to have conversations with you too. He talks. He walks. Okay. So we're having this conversation. What do you see? I see a nice oak tree. Is that all you see? That's what he said to me. Is that all you see? He said, "Let let me tell you what I see. I see what's under the ground first. Somebody's going to preach with me today. God sees what's under what everybody else sees. And here's what's underneath the ground that you don't see. Roots going everywhere. And, and this root system is so that the tree can drink the water it needs and get the nutrients from the ground so that the tree can grow. It also stabilizes this tree so that winds and storms won't knock it over. And if it's a healthy tree and if its root system is good, it will grow and it will be strong. And it takes the nutrients in the water and feeds the trunk of the tree. And the tree begins to grow and it looks like a sapling at first, but you should have seen it when it first started sprouting. And now you see a mighty oak. And now it's got, I see branches. Branches everywhere and and birds and animals climb on this tree. 
beautiful branches. I see leaves and I, I caused this tree to produce leaves so that it could give shade. And it just happened that it was the peak of, of fall and the leaves were just beautiful, magnificent tree. He said, are you impressed? I said, yes, sir, I'm very impressed. He said, what if I told you I could even feed animals and human beings from this tree? I, I could produce acorns and they would sprout out and they'd fall on the ground and they could be eaten. Magnificent creator in all of his great wisdom and creative powers. A simple tree that we walk by every day and if it's not peak of the leaves turning colors, we probably don't notice it very often. But what a magnificent creation. And I said, how did you do this? You know, I like to kid around with people. Um, I, I love fun. And I'll say to people all the time, and, I, and you're gonna hear it from me if you haven't heard it. I'll, say, I'll come up to you and I'll say, how do you do it? How do you get yourself in these situations? How many of you ever heard me come up to you and say, how do you do it? Well, I am awestruck by what God has done in creation. How do you do it? What, what thoughts must have went into your planning what about a human being? Psalm 139, 14. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Take a look in the mirror sometime. And look even just at, at your chin up. What a magnificent creation. Forget the aging spots, the wrinkles, whatever it is that causes you to just, you and I to get older, but, but just... Look from your chin up. How would you eat without a mouth? And without teeth? How would you speak? How, how does a person speak? A tongue. What a magnificent creation. Oh, it could be used wrong. I know, I know you're thinking that. We could say the wrong things. Sure we can, but God... God created it so that we could praise him. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. How are you gonna do that? Well, I've made provision for that. The smell, the hearing, the eyes. Magnificent. Magnificent. How do you do it? I have no clue. I, and I want to be very respectful this morning, and I don't want to be misunderstood when I say this. I have the utmost respect for doctors and for nurses. I really do. And, and I have no reservation about that. But can I tell you something, and I hope nobody gets offended? You're just working with God's parts. You didn't create anything. You say you're going to give a person a heart transplant? No, you're not. You're nothing more than a mechanic. You got a part from somewhere else and you cook it up to that body. You didn't create that heart. 
Now again, it's magnificent that you are skilled and able to make connections and things like that, but, but you never created a heart, you never created a liver. You haven't created anything that you're moving around and shifting with other people. It would be hard for me to be a doctor or a nurse and not believe in God. How do you do that? To look at that creation that you're working on and know that you can't duplicate it. You can't create it. I liked what Brother East said when he was here one time. He said, you know what, he was talking about creation and he said, well, if you're so smart, why don't you create something? And don't be using anything that I've already created. He's right. What really have we created? We've created nothing. We've taken parts and things that God created, and we may have rearranged them, but we didn't create them. And how did you do it? I don't know. I don't know. And why? Here's an even greater question, greater question than how. Why? I know as a parent, and you've experienced it too, you, you're bothered by, by your little kid that comes up and has got 10 questions. Hey, Daddy, why is this? Why is that? Why is that? When you're done talking, we'll go back to question one. Do you ever have that happen to you? They ask so many questions, you can't remember what question number one was. And so you say, uh, what was your first question? Daddy, can I have a cookie? No. You're just being mean. No. Why can't I have a cookie? Because I said so. And I know what's best for you, right? So we get, let me ask this question. Why, God, would you even create a human being? Why would you do that? You know they're going to disappoint you. You know they're fallible. They make mistakes. Why? Why would you do that? Well, you really don't know me if you would ask that question. If you have been created in my image, what do you need? What, is, what does Rick Kiley need? Well, I'll tell you two things that Rick Kiley needs. Rick Kiley needs to know that somebody loves him. And Rick Kiley needs to love somebody else. And that's not just one, that's multiple relationships. Can I get an amen? Now, if those two human needs are true for Rick Kiley and maybe and hopefully for you, then is it possible that your creator has exactly the same needs as you do? He needs to be loved. He wants to be loved, and he wants to love other people. That's the why, but the problem is we don't know the who. Who is God? Who is this magnificent creator this magnificent God that has created us with a desire to love and be loved and has the same desires, who, who is he? Identify him. Let him be shown. 
Colossians chapter 1. I'd like you to read it with me today. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12. You know where we, I'm going to stop while you're turning there. Here's where we get all messed up. The first translation of the Hebrew and the Greek, the Hebrew being the Old Testament and the New Testament being originally written in Greek, came to us from King James putting all of his scholars together who believed in what we call the Trinity, which said originally, which came to us in 326 AD, which said to us originally that there are actually three persons of God, three people of God. One was called the Father, one, the second person, was called the Son, and the third was the Holy Spirit, which we have no real identity for physically. But they called it a trinity, and that's how they distinguished between God's workings in the Old Testament as a creator and as a voice without a body. Then the New Testament comes what we call the Son of God, which is where God wears a body and redeems mankind and does all these miracles and opens their understanding to the scripture. And then the Spirit of God that comes and lives inside of us. And we think that that means that there's three different identities or persons. But read here. So you're going to have that flavor. I'm just going to tell you. You're going to have that flavor throughout the Bible because the translators believed in that trinity. But if you search the scriptures, if you will get into the word of God, if you will open your heart, you will find out who Jesus really is. And that's the most important part of this message. It's not how do you do it, I know who. Read here with me, Colossians 1. 12, give thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He delivered us from the power of darkness. He translated us unto the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption, redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God. Are you hearing me this morning? Are you hearing the word of God? It's more important that you hear the word of God than you hear me. I'm just reading it. I'm not writing it. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, whether they are visible or invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him, created by him and for him. One person we're talking about here. He is, he is before all things and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. 
You want to talk about the Godhead? It's all in him. And having made peace through the cross by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him I say, whether it be things in earth or things in heaven. Whether you can put your hands on them or they're beyond your grasp, he created all things. And without, this is 1 Timothy 3 and 16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. There is only one person that can fulfill that verse of scripture, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. So, let me wrap this up. I don't know how, but I do know who. I don't know how adulterers, fornicators, and drunks can have a place in the kingdom of God, but I know who can put them there. I don't know how you can change a person's life, but I know who can change a person's life. I don't know how a person can offer a prayer and they can be healed, but I know who does the healing. Are you hearing me today? All of the magnificent things that we take for granted come from a who. It comes from a who. So if you're here today and you have a physical need, I don't know how you're going to leave here healed, but I know who can heal you. If you're here today and you say, hey, I'm not feeling real good about the way I've been living. I feel like I'm a sinner and I'm lost and, and, and there's no hope for me. I don't know how I could ever be saved. I don't either. But I know who can save you. And I know what that born of the water and born of the spirit message is because Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and said that they should repent. Isn't it great that God put that in the plan? That the Spirit of God could lead you to a place where you would confess to God what he already knows and turn away from your sins and God would be merciful right there and show you mercy at an altar. That you could be baptized, born of the water, in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, like Peter said, and that you would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost which would empower you and change your life from the inside out. It is not a reformation, it is a recreation. And I know who can do that. I know who does that. I remember, let's stand together. I remember coming to a, a Pentecostal church the first time and I looked around at the people that were worshiping so much differently than the way that I was accustomed to. And I thought to myself, they are whacked. But I could not deny, here's something I could not deny, when I got over the shock, the culture shock, I could not deny 
that there was a presence of God in the room. I don't know how it got there, but I soon found out who it was. And that is what matters, folks, today. And this is what the Lord impressed on me on my walk today. The Lord impressed upon me to conclude this message this way. I'm gonna call some people out today, not by name, but by subject. And God is gonna do the miraculous at this altar, right here. This is the place where the miracles are gonna take place this morning. How, I don't have a clue. But who? It is Jesus. It is Jesus. Praise God. So I'm calling you out today and I'm asking you to get rid of your pride and admit that you need help because that's why Jesus came today. If you have a physical need in your body, the Bible tells us that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you've got a physical need today, a sickness in your body, please come to the altar today and let us pray for you and let God do what he does best. If you have fear, doubt, and worry in your life, I know the Prince of Peace. I know who can give you joy and righteousness. I invite you to this altar. Come and let God heal you. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.